Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips, the podcast where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of the classic television show, MacGyver. I'm your co-host, Nathan Hartswick. And I am your other co-host, Annie Russell. We were obsessed with MacGyver as kids. Some of us more than others. And now, for the first time since our naive, stupid childhoods, we're watching every episode of MacGyver to see if any of it holds up. Today, we're tackling season one, episode two, The Golden Triangle. Annie, this was so much more exciting than episode one yes in so many ways so much going on <laughs> uh, a, a lack of firing a gun but making right. up for it in all other ways yeah there are like if you were offended by him firing a gun in episode one you're not going to be less offended by him not firing a gun episode two no. i don't think uh so no. much and especially not uh, if you're looking back on this through a 2020 lens, um, right. you are not <laughs> going to uh, not be offended by this show. But I mean, hopefully you won't. If you if you are not at least somewhat offended by something in the show in 2020, something's probably wrong with you. <laughs> um, all right. We are going to dive into it. But first, let's bring out our special guest to help us break down this episode. Here's our good friend, our comedian uh, friend from the Vermont comedy scene. It's Brian Park. Hi, Brian. Oh, hi, you two. Thanks for having me. Oh, Welcome. my goodness. You're here and you have zero experience with MacGyver until now. Yeah. I was talking to Nathan earlier. Like the, the only reference I've heard from MacGyver is on The Simpsons. Like Selma and Patty Bouvier love MacGyver. They are right. obsessed with it. So that's my only reference. Did you glean from The Simpsons what MacGyver was? Well, and, I, and I've heard from like other cultural references. Like I feel like for older shows like this, I've seen like um, like Family Guy or like other shows that like reference right. him. So I do know that he's he's really handy. He's like a, mm. he can make anything out of like a paper clip and a rubber band or whatever. Like that's his whole thing. Right. But I didn't know he worked for the government, which I think he does. Unclear, yes? actually. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't work for the government? <laughs> oh. Who he exactly works for. But uh, oh. but yeah, when we ask people what they know about this show, the handiness is pretty much number one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate just the chance to watch an episode. It was, it was really cool to see the show. <laughs> I don't, I don't know in what world. And what this an could opportunity be. <laughs> it was. An opportunity. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's uh, let's get a little summary of the episode, shall we, Annie? Yes, this is a quick summary of the Golden Triangle, aka Season One, Episode Two. The opening gambit of the show, we have MacGyver retrieving stolen documents in a junkyard using a large magnet. He escapes a car about to be flattened and traps the thieves in midair using a forklift. Then we get into the main episode when MacGyver tries to retrieve a canister filled with a deadly chemical in Burma, now Myanmar, important note. He stumbles into an area called the Golden Triangle where the military uses farmers as wait for it, slaves on opium fields. MacGyver is captured and mistaken for a narcotics agent, but escapes, convinces the slaves to fight back and assists them in booby trapping the camp to defeat their captors. Wow. <laughs> and that is, let's dive right into it. I, I, and I, I feel like we should uh, defer to our guest. What was your first impression? It opens up in a junkyard and this action scene, if you can call it that, takes place in the junkyard. Yeah. What, what were you thinking you'd gotten into? I didn't know. So I was expecting more wackiness for sure because he just had a crowbar. That was my first impression. But then I, I feel like the biggest thing that I was taking away was how low my attention span's gotten. Like there's a yeah. shot of him like he, he like lifts up the car and he's, there's like a 20 second shot of him walking and then picking up a phone. And I was like, this is so 
freaking boring. And I, I, I was like, why am I, why is this boring though? It's, I just feel like I needed to slow down, but that was like my, yeah, big, those my two I, biggest impressions. My highlight yeah. of that whole opening scene, even though there were a bunch of cool, uh, effects and tricks and it was sort of fun action wise but my favorite thing is when he calls the people who had hired him and (laughs) says hey uh you know that thing you asked me to do a while back like i did it and they're here it was just like the most (laughs) casual way to describe this insane scenario and it sounded like he didn't really care about his job. He's like, oh, yeah, you know that thing you asked me to do that's super yeah. important? I'm just now getting around to it. Yes. Well, a lot of what he does has like a certain blasé, yes. devil may care quality to it. I think that's part of the appeal of his character is just like he just waltzes through these things. He even says like, I always have the start of a plan. Like he just somehow f- figures it out. That's kind of the fun of it. He's but that. It. I love that end piece for a couple of reasons. One was that the there was just magically a phone on the exact pole yes. where he had trapped the car. <laughs> that is so convenient. But then he he ends it with like a very James Bond pun. He says like, "You want to come pick him up?" I because I just did. Yeah, <laughs> I did laugh. I did laugh at that. That was that was good. <laughs> so good stupid. The whole thing was very cartoony. Like mm. even the the old white guys running around the junkyard, you know, with saying their comic book lines like, "Go get him, briefcase, go get him." <laughs> It's very cartoony. I love the shot of like, he leaves out of the car and then he like turns around. It's like, uh, the guy squarely there and then he just punches him and punches, punches him. him. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's classic. Love that classic. shot. Uh, we have to talk, Annie, about that. We were so we spent like a good part of last week's episode talking about the fable that he tells at the beginning yes. of episode one. He did it again. It's another he narration sure about something. <laughs> he's not. He's not. So what was this one? It was yes. a, a It was actually not as memorable. Yeah, it was a junkyard story. So it was a little bit more related. Um, But again, (laughs) this device didn't work in the pilot. I don't know why we would think it would work in the second episode. (laughs) Uh, But we are still and I saw the promo shot of this episode. and It was him with us another small child. And I was like, Oh, God, please don't tell me he has another (laughs) little brother um, from the big brothers program. And sure enough, (laughs) he befriends sort of a child. Yep. yep. We really, two episodes in a row, we really want you to know. The first kid was black. The second kid was Asian. We really need to, we need is you to it, know what a good guy MacGyver is. This a, is. is this a, does he always like befriend children? Is that his thing? <laughs> so far. I mean, we're oh, two God. episodes in okay. at this point. That so weird. thus far, I mean, he does. Any Ugh. questions you ask me about MacGyver uh, that aren't about episodes one and two are going to, the answers are going to be 20 years old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so I don't remember. <laughs> anything yeah. uh, so that's the the opening gamut i mean it's really ridiculous um uh but kind of fun in a way uh there was like actually some r- real suspense in it like when you had to get out of the trunk i was like oh this is not i thought the getting out of the trunk moment was the um shooting off a cliff in the parachute <laughs> moment of yeah. this episode for me um yeah. and i really liked it i also just love it, a chance to check in on the fact that like life-size magnets are just a thing that we use in (laughs) junkyards. And so I'm like, oh yeah, that technology is bizarre. Then I I can't wait to talk about this next scene because uh, the dirty beach that he's lying on, we, we, we now find him like sunning himself on a totally empty kind of dirty looking beach. It doesn't look like, Mm A, it doesn't look like a desirable place to chill out. Um, we get a little bit of, uh, finally get a little bit of MacGyver kind of like eye candy. And uh, there's this scene where this general appears in silhouette over him, interrupts his voiceover narration. Mm-hmm. That entire conversation, it's so clear that those two people were never f- filmed in the same location ever. 
<laughs> because because we're hearing yeah. it's clearly just like two overdubbed ADR things that they mashed together with some stock footage of a guy. Like this is the moment where Mission Impossible would be like your mission if you choose to accept it. Here's the thing, right? And it's yeah. just they've just done it in three seconds with right. this stupid this voiceover. This is the classic end of the episode panic. Oh shit, we forgot to explain right. why he's there <laughs> in the first place, and we need to add something in to make it make right. sense. Right, um, and take a shirt off too because yeah. he's hot. <laughs> oh my god it's so great yes. um but then it, this is where the racism starts right <laughs> yeah is because when we set up what burma is I, I i went back and listened to it he he doesn't say the word primitive <laughs> but he might as well you know <laughs> oh what i mean god. it's very yeah. like when he's setting up what a uh, the kind of like uh just lawless opium land of slavery and you know and, yeah and, drug vices well because at, at that well at that point like opium i feel like i i was born in 92 so i don't remember what op did opium have a different connotation in the 80s i think we were just uh a, we were collectively a lot more freaked out about drugs in general um, sure like we the war on drugs was raging and mm. it was just if you needed an evil plot for your tv show then drugs was it drug runners and kingpins and you know anybody in the drug trade was a bad guy gotcha and i, I know to me i so i didn't had never really heard of burma or M myanmar is that right i, I feel yeah. like i didn't i did not know much about that country before watching this and i i guess my first thing was i didn't they were they all looked like asian like so i'm an asian dude if you're listening to this but um i they looked a lot like asians like me like eastern asians like from like mm -hmm. china and i know it borders china Myanmar, mm -hmm. but it also there's like other ethnicity groups. So I did, it did feel pretty heavily like this is just a quick casting call in Hollywood, probably yes, of like who's sure. who's just here. Let's just get them all right. in. Like it felt much like I, that. I, I looked at the IMDb and I was like, okay, Japanese, Chinese, <laughs> Korean, Japanese. Like yeah, you like, know, it's not as yeah. richly diverse. Burmese, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we're not, we weren't there yeah, yet. Yeah, the casting choices were odd. The costuming was. <laughs> Yeah, the classics, straw hats, the straw hats. It was just hats. like, let's cast this as if uh, the year is 1980, a.k.a. 1743. <laughs> like, they have no concept of when this is supposed to be. Just um, straight up peasants. Yeah. Just peasants. Yeah. <laughs> but how crazy is it that, like, like, that's Hollywood's image of the east right it's like yeah their, their technology has not come you know has not advanced since the 1700s it's yeah it's just so interesting because like you know in the 1980s to go anywhere in the world and expect people to not be wearing nike shoes and t-shirts like, is yeah. just sort of insane and and to speak english like they speak to spoke really good english i thought yeah, like right. for, being, for being from like no other part of their culture has been western yeah. <laughs> their accents are super their accents American. are on point they all speak english um yeah. and i have some issues with his run-in with this small child so he immediately okay. knows that this kid is somehow involved in what's going on because he has a hat on right. <laughs> um I want to talk about the kid, but before we get to that, this little opening kind of scene where we we are meant to feel sympathy for these yes. like these these the simple slave, folk. Yeah. They really want to sell you on how evil slavery is, and they like they over dramatize it in the language. But what you're seeing, there is almost zero threat of violence to these people. Right. There's a guy walking around with a bamboo stick. <laughs> 
And the only person who ever gets harmed is MacGyver. <laughs> the, the rest of them just, he like raises the stick and then decides yeah, not just, to like three different times. Yeah. I was like, this is not slavery. This is a, this is a casting cattle call. <laughs> yeah, it was very bizarre. And I also just cringed so hard when he told the story about his sister's dog. Do we remember yeah. this voiceover? No. And it was uh-huh. like, you know, my, my sister's dog was scared of people and coward. Oh, and that's right. Hate. Yeah. It was just basically comparing people to dogs. <laughs> Um, well, he, said yeah. was, he said it was even worse to see in people. Right. He, to be oh, fair, he I said re- it was worse. I remember what he said. <laughs> yeah. And this Jesus. little kid, I I remember this bothering me, the fact that almost every child role in MacGyver has been overdubbed by an adult. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is the same. Wait, what? Uh, what do you mean? If you if you watch this episode and you watch everything that comes out of that kid's mouth is a is an adult woman's voice. <laughs> It's like they had a kid from Hollywood who had an American accent. He spoke all the lines and then they had someone with a racist Asian accent, some woman punch it all in later. Oh my it's, God. It's very, it's you could, the audio quality is just totally different every time this kid speaks. And I'm like, there's no way that that's the not. The levels are all over the place. So he accidentally yeah. saves this kid and I don't want to spend too, too much time on this because we yeah. have a whole episode to get to, <laughs> know, but he um, saves this kid and then he decides he wants to know more about what this kid knows. And so he tackles the kid to the ground. <laughs> covers his mouth. Covers his mouth and then makes the kid apologize to him um it was the strangest thing i've ever seen in my life uh and would be as a child of the 1980s i was taught to fear strangers and that kid should have been running as far away from that as possible right because i feel like in general if you're growing up in slavery in myanmar like you're probably not going to see a white guy I feel like your first right. like response should have been like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what this person is. So uh, the big baddie shows up. Mm. Uh, oh, <laughs> and, and we know that because he's wearing black with a red scarf. <laughs> Touches down in a black helicopter. <laughs> um, so he shows up and, oh, again, we have this, like we have the scene that happens in every movie where the bad guy shows up and the number two guy's not doing a good enough job. And the, and, and the head bad guy is mad. And what they usually do is cut the guy's hand off. Right. <laughs> right? Or they, or they oh kill God. one of the slaves in front of him. You know, like right. they, yeah, they, they do something they violent five, they wait. to right. make an example out of someone. Right. right. But instead he decides to uh, lash MacGyver to the, to, to the post, which I think, don't get me wrong, is a good device. I think this worked. <laughs> I think this is a, a, a good device, but just the fact, like, again, it just goes to show, like, how tame and how low the stakes are for yes. these, like, enslaved people. <laughs> right. They're not even the ones in danger. And also, the main reason why they do this is because they make an assumption that MacGyver is a federal right. drug officer. Right. They look into that 0%. Like, there's <laughs> right. no, they don't look for a badge. They yeah. want no confirmation of that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of... um I mean, maybe it's just that in modern television, because the editing is so much quicker and we need mm-hmm. so much less to tell the story that we have more time to do those sorts of like the kind of like 
alter like we need an extra scene where the guy gets on the phone and says hey call, run this guy's numbers oh he's right. a you know federal agent like we see those sorts of like things that add richness to the story and credibility to the story but we don't see them here because they just don't have time for them because we spent 20 seconds watching macgyver walk from the backhoe to the phone right <laughs> jesus <laughs> my god so because god forbid we don't show that you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh my god um i also have another theory that like this narration thing keeps coming back. He keeps mansplaining to the audience what he's doing. Yes. And I have a theory that like they're scared to just let the audience figure it out themselves because they don't think we'll figure it out ourselves. So anytime he's alone and he's innovating, he has to narrate mm. because that like explains, hey, dum-dums, do you understand what yeah, I'm doing like, with this Yeah, like pay attention to this yeah. part. <laughs> I also wonder, and this is just me coming from like as a person who works in radio, I just wonder if the audio was bad um, on some of these wider oh, yeah. shots sure. because it seems like they add so much in later uh, that they just didn't get when they yeah. shot it. Yeah, you mean like dialogue and stuff? dialogue yeah. or even just things in the scene um any sort of like ambient noise like it just all the levels are all over the place and i yeah. just wonder like if they're cobbling this uh, together in editing yeah with a bunch of like stock sounds yes okay so they lash macgyver to this stake at this trailhead and uh he's going to spend five days there and the kid gives macgyver the knife uh which there is literally no way for him to open at that angle with one hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we should say that the five days is our um, is our sort of artificial deadline of this mm -hmm. episode, which I really like. There's always one it's a developing um, pattern. There's yeah. two in this one, right? There's a 24 hours. The helicopter's yes. coming back, yes. and he can't get out. And now there's five days. Uh, then we have so he escapes, um, chops that guy on the neck, and he drops. That's uh, we were talking about that last week, how the 80s were prime. Like you hit one guy one time and they're just <laughs> conked out. Yeah, they um, don't have a lot of security on him. I'll say that mm. <laughs> like he, nope. is, he escapes pretty handily. The, now we have this young guy named Ming, mm -hmm. who is clearly the person who's going to take over. The lead. Yeah, very inspiring. They telegraph that to us through a series of very close shots of his face. <laughs> They're just showing us his face several times as though we're supposed to think this guy's important somehow, but he hasn't really talked at all. Right. And then there's a moment when uh, Truang like stops him and says, for a second, I thought you were truly stupid, boy. Are you a stupid boy? Oh, my God. <laughs> and well, he's no, not doing anything. No, but I think that there's like a part of me that watches that, like that whole the whole plot. And I feel like it's the idea that, you know, it's American exceptionalism that these lawless people, they need the guiding hand of this you know, like white guy who's gonna like save everyone and like he's trying to inspire the guy to be more American, to follow that American leadership style, I guess. I don't know. If I felt it felt really uh condescending for sure. Wait, are you saying that the that the bad guy is trying to is trying to inspire Ming, or are you saying that like MacGyver is? I thought well I thought MacGyver, well I think in general just like because it's like the the writing in general, I guess. Like to me it felt more of a like, I guess I would look at it from like a bigger perspective. From, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. That's happening. Well, um, the bad guy is obsessed with productivity. We have yes. to point that out. <laughs> he, yeah. um, he wants them to uh, process that opium faster. Yeah. Uh, Get those poppies He's in. got deadlines, people. Yes. <laughs> I just wonder <laughs> in actual opium operations if they ever say the word opium as many times as they do in this it episode. is so on the nose <laughs> yeah. and i just like there's no no one in my 
in my lifetime. Like I'm trying to think of anyone has ever been like, oh, you ever try opium? Yeah. Never. <laughs> no. Well, it's isn't it used to make heroin? Is that it? Yeah, that, it's the yeah. kind of the root of heroin. But like yeah. no one on earth is like, yeah. hey guys, once again, you this is from the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. But like, uh, Brian, I mean, what you were saying about the American exceptionalism and stuff, I was, I mean, it's, I truly think that like, I'm, I'm not excusing it, put it this way, but it, it does seem, I think they thought they were doing something good here. I think they're probably pretty proud of themselves and patting themselves on the back. Like, Oh, good for us. We're like really tackling some, like, you know, like there are people who are still enslaved around the world and we're doing this episode to shine light on it, you know, like, yeah. and of course it feels utterly tone deaf now. Because right. Right. Cause I think the assumption is that these people who are enslaved have no prior history or prior culture. They just <laughs> culture, like appeared somewhere agency, right. and they all they know is slavery life and that's all they're good for. And then right. I have no concept of who, what am I going to do? This is all right. we know. <laughs> Yeah, it's so ridiculous. You need a white guy to come along. Yeah, and speaking of whitewashing, the one thing that struck me, and I'm sure this is not the last time this will come up in MacGyver, is that, of course, there is a hot slave lady. um, (laughs) Yes. Who is part of this uh, village. And, like, it just, to look at it through a lens of today, and just, you did this, like, all Asian casting call of people from all over the continent. Um, But even the woman that they cast is just still like the most westernized Mm. version of attractiveness that they could think of, which is, you know, other people have written more fully about this, but it's just something to look at this now. I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. Asian women are definitely sexualized for sure. It was definitely those like, (sighs) yeah, tropes. Okay, so yeah, so he lets all the pigs out, right? Yes. <laughs> and Great plan. Um, I thought it was very impressive what a complicated Rube Goldberg machine he built in the time it took to wrangle Ted Pigs back into the mm-hmm. pen. Mm-hmm. It was remarkable. That was cool. And he narrated the shit out of the whole thing, and then he blew up a Jeep and said, you're all free, and they were like, you've destroyed us all. Um, I I also, I, I love what happens next, which is that MacGyver says, like, I've, came here to do a job. I got to get going. Mm-hmm. I got this poison. I got this poison to get back. Right. And he meets up with the chopper. This moment did not work for me because for, he has gone for a grand total of about 20 seconds before he returns to the village to save them all. And he has, he's never seen changing his mind. He's never seen <laughs> trying to be talked onto the chopper. He's like, it's all just like, Hey, I'm gone. Now I'm back. I, I just remember that line of dialogue being one of the more unconvincing things I've ever heard uh, on television. <laughs> like, just Which one? Like, well, I got a job to do, so I'm going to go do it. <laughs> like, he, was, he almost had this like weird snottiness to him. And it was just like, what are you going for? Oh, here? Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. We have our little montage where uh, MacGyver gets half naked again, puts a little head sweatband around his he- head. This is like really, I think, where the producers were like, we've got a soap opera star. Let's use the guy. Mm-hmm. And we're setting the stage for the Home Alone Act, essentially. Right. Yes. <laughs> the Ewoks from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so we're going to come back and uh, with our guest, Brian Park, and talk about that uh, Ewok Home Alone Act uh, and finish our discussion of this episode uh, after this word from our sponsor. I am Sam, host of the podcast What is Fun, and a robot sent back in time from the future to figure out this human emotion. 
I'll be sitting down for informal conversations with every human on the planet to answer the titular question. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, I ask you, what is fun? All right, we're back. Uh, before we finish our discussion of the episode, which is bananas, it's time to find out how inventive and resourceful our guests and our listeners are. It's time for MacGyverisms. So we all know what it means to MacGyver something. It was uh, added to the Oxford English Dictionary as a verb in 2015. Uh, Brian, is yeah. there some uh, time you can remember where you improvised a solution to something in your life? Um, God, you know, I, I really, I don't, I feel like I, I'm not that creative. I think I just save old shit and just try to like, just <laughs> repurpose it. Like, just like, I mean, this is not an exciting one, but like old containers, I try to like use them for, to contain other shit. Um, so I, I, I would imagine it's more like, like life or death or like, like really innovative stuff that he does. Yeah. I think it's something that gets you out of a situation oh, seems yeah. to be okay. like the, the grounding. I, always, I kind of think of it as like, did, did I, did it, should I have gone to the hardware store <laughs> for this thing, but I fixed it myself, you know, like I figured out a way to fix it with oh, super glue or duct tape or what. I have a, yeah. I have a recent example. I, um, I'm too cheap to get a, um, a, I got, I've, because of the pandemic, like we can't use like, like little squirt soaps. I, I got like an actual bar of soap, which I'm not a bar of soap guy, but I am too lazy to get like a dish, like a, apparently you need a soap mm -hmm. dish. So I just yeah. took like parchment paper, crumpled it up into little boats and just, I've been keeping my soap <laughs> in that. So that's like, is that MacGyvering? No, I, yeah, listen, absolutely. thriftiness okay. is okay. a big value okay, of great. MacGyver and MacGyvering. Fantastic. You know, there's a lot of equipment he could bring with him on any given job that he chooses right. not to. So, <laughs> okay. And I always think of it like uh, MacGyver's stakes are much higher than ours. Right. But you still had a problem and you solved it. You know? Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it absolutely counts. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Uh, Annie, do we have any listener MacGyverisms? Oh, we do. We put out a call and this one comes from Daniel. Uh, on a cross-country road trip in a 94 Saturn, uh, first mistake, he says, uh, somewhere around <laughs> Wyoming, I noticed I was leaking coolant from my radiator. I didn't have enough cash for a real fix. So again, thriftiness is coming into play here. Uh, so I melted the plastic tube of a big pen with a lighter over the hole and covered that with duct tape. Whoa. The car got me to California <laughs> and then was stolen. <laughs> Uh, which is amazing because I feel like with yes. cars, I am always terrified of the DIY fix because I'm afraid I'm going to be doing some like permanent damage. But yeah. I know a lot of other people are laissez-faire about uh, fixing their own cars. And oh I would be oh, terrified man. to melt plastic into my engine. Yeah, But, you know, bonus <laughs> points for the uh, duct tape as well. That's... Uh... That's, the use of duct tape uh, gets you pretty far here. Um, that's amazing. Uh, thank you very much, Annie. Uh, if you have a MacGyverism to share, email us at themacgyverpod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at themacgyverpod. Okay, that concludes MacGyverisms. Let's finish our discussion of this episode. Um, booby traps. It's time for booby traps. Oh, my God. And, uh, MacGyver <laughs> even warns us, uh, warns uh Terang that it's time for booby traps by standing on top of a mountain and announcing it to him. Uh, <laughs> and he still, he still moves forward because he's itching for a fight. Um, how'd you guys feel about throwing snakes in people's laps and taking over the Jeep? That was great. I loved it. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. We've kind of established that MacGyver is 
uh, doesn't like snakes, but doesn't hate snakes. So he's, he's different than Indiana Jones in that. Mm, yeah, he yes. says he's not afraid of snakes, but he doesn't like being around them. Uh, oh, so. my gosh. Mr. Casual. He's sure. actually, I really think we're going to see his character get more modest as the show goes along. Mm-hmm. I think the cockiness is an early thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of, they kind of massage that and he becomes a little more uh, humble as the, uh, as the thing goes along. Uh, what'd you think of the uh, giant hole in the ground and the ensuing pun? He doesn't know an asp from a hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh. That was funny. That's two puns in one episode. I loved it. I mean, you love to see it. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep i mean i think that one worked pretty well mm-hmm. um this one was the one where we got uh we got a little crazy for me when yeah. they moved the tree out of the uh, out of the way and the machine guns <laughs> fired directly at the tires and nowhere else i know mm-hmm. that was ridiculous um this was our first moment of like an oh come on moment right yeah yeah the, this was a no come on moment and like you gotta respect their commitment to not killing people with guns in this show <laughs> because this right. was like the most <laughs> obvious workaround right right uh, which have these guns but which is funny to me because i remember in the beginning when like the, one of the villagers said will you teach us how to use these guns and like, he said, no, it's going to be much easier if we tape them to trees, loop them perfectly. Like, it seemed like more work. I don't know. I didn't think it was efficient. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to take two weeks to train a soldier. But, but <laughs> He's like, don't worry, guys. I'm here to help you. I will not show you how to use these, but I am here to built, help you. Have you ever built a roller coaster have an AR? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Nuts. That's, uh, that's a really good point. Um, okay. And then this other thing is absolutely crazy to me this swinging log thing <laughs> knocks all of the <laughs> knocks them all out of the jeep is so clearly like they needed seven more shots of that and they had no daylight left in their shoot schedule and they got one shot and they just put in wicked slow-mo oh my gosh it is cartoonishly bad i know that that scene made me feel like i could edit a tv show you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we have the final sort of uh, thing he uh, thing they do where they they gas them with the pipe in the ground. They like they all roll into town and then they gas them with this uh, big pipe that the the women and children have made, uh, <laughs> mixed up a little. They've cooked up a little something. Um, I, I I did ask. So right when they gas them, uh, they gas them by the little kid. Uh, stomping on the gas pedal of the car and that triggering the thing, right? So he mm-hmm. stomps on the gas pedal of the car right when he says, like, our short order cook has given him a whatever. And for some reason that triggered in my mind, uh, oh, this is, like, is this short round? Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> when I first saw, yeah, absolutely. So I never did get around to looking to see what the year of Temple of Doom was. Do you know? No, I don't know. I, I had that same thought. I was going to, I was wondering. We have to find out because there's I'm going to look it up. I, I, I do think that like the Indiana Jones ripoffs in this series yeah. are. Oh, it's 84. 84. OK, right. so this is after. So this is so this is ripping. a little Asian kid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like stopping on a gas pedal. That That's short rounds whole thing. Right. Is that he drives with a box on his foot and he like that's the whole thing. Yep. Uh, so the fact that he's saying the word short as I mean, I might be reading into it, but it felt very much like. Well, he also he also ha- didn't short round also have like a baseball cap, too. And he was like, yes, he, he, like, <laughs> yes, he did. He looks a, kind a Western of... baseball cap. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. OK, so the number two Truang fights the number two. Uh, Ming. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. We get that fight. And then my MacGyver kind of a, like. Yeah, like, begrudgingly approves yeah, of that right. fight. 
<laughs> All right, pretty good, kid. Um, <laughs> and then Mr. Black Helicopter returns. Oh, yes. With his, with his gunship and strafes the area a few times. This is great because, again, like... I kind of love the DIY nature of this stuff. Like you can see all the seams in this show in the 1980s. You just got like props and costumes off of the, you know, the lot and you brought them in and you built something that kind of looked like a military, you know, opera. Like there's so little like believability to, <laughs> to the stuff. No, it reminds you of like a lower budget theater production. It really right, does. Right. Like the costumes are left over from the last yes. show and you just yeah. have to like make it work. <laughs> That's exactly. I mean, I was, I was looking at the costumes and I was like, okay, so our, our, our number two bad guy has like basically just like a baggy shirt on this, like regular belt with a bamboo stick in it. And it's yeah. like what you would make if you were playing army. And then if you watch all of the soldiers body language is like sloppy as hell. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're all different ages. And it's like, they had like clearly no tech consultant on the set. Yeah. We had a lot of ensemble kids in that army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then you've got the helicopter and, you know, the every shot you see of the bad guy in the inside of the helicopter is just like a white background and him. He doesn't even have a pilot in there. It's just him with this little window. Right. Well, I, 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 had, a, I had a question about that. So he like the thing because I this is my favorite segment because it was super cool to see the like the helicopter him like jumping on it and like but like the hmm. thing that stopped the helicopter was he was so strong that he strung a wire to the one of the loops and then he yes. po he, po he cranked it down. Is that what he down. like with his straight? Is that what they were saying? Yeah. He cranked yeah. it with his own strength against the helicopter. Now, to be fair, Hobbs and Shaw did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. So it yeah, can be done. We know okay, it can I, be done. Uh, sure, of course. <laughs> but yeah, the the some of the stunt work of him like hanging off, and that's a lot yeah. of that is actually him. Like he does, he did a lot of his own stunts. Yeah. And then, I mean, is this the worst bad guy death in all of filmed history? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really... So the sequence is, he gets out of the helicopter. Uh, MacGyver disarms him because he has a gun in his hand. Mm -hmm. uh, I think MacGyver throws one punch, maybe. he pull, The bad guy pulls out his sword, trips over the helicopter, impales himself, and dies immediately. <laughs> yes, the, the trip and the falling literally on his own sword. Yes. Whew, it was bad. Wow. And, wow. Then, and then, like, after he dies, the little kid goes and hugs him. And then no one oh, says, God. and then and then no one says anything. Then credits, right? Is that how it? Oh, there's, oh, there's one more one line. More line. <laughs> oh, wait, what, was the, what was the line? <laughs> the one more li very important. What, line. what was it? The line is. I know because Annie texted it to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the line is spoken to MacGyver, and that line is, "We are free now." Oh my God. <laughs> no. Now we are free. Oh, and then so. he says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's yep. great. But it but to your point, it it is a very abrupt ending. It's yeah, and then, and then it's, it's just credits. They ran out of time. Yeah, they, they ran out. We spent yeah. way too much time on the booby traps and now we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> oh my god. But I mean, it felt like a tacked on thing, like, oh right, the MacGyver has to fight the big bad guy, right? Because like the big mm, yeah. hero has to fight the big bad guy. Right. But it didn't feel earned to me, it just felt like Oh yeah, I guess we had to tack this on now. And the fact that it was so underwhelming as a fight sequence, and and also like unrealistic, because if this guy has a sword and he is so unused to using it, where he falls and kills himself, <laughs> I don't think this guy can run a fucking like slavement camp. Certainly couldn't fly a helicopter. I don't. Like, I don't. 
No, and the thing that I kept thinking is like, okay, so this is a one-man operation. (laughs) He has no boss that's going to be coming and checking in on how opium production is going. Like, in my experience, like, I feel like we hear a lot about how it's a whole industry. And like... The idea uh, that it would just be over uh, when this one Joker dies right. uh, just feels like, mm, oh, no. Yeah. God, oh, absolutely. Th- and that's where it ends. That's where we leave it. <laughs> that is the golden triangle. Um, well, now that we know how we feel about the episode, uh, I want to do one rapid fire game where we find out where it falls in the duct tape and paperclips rankings. I'm calling this segment, It's Classified. <laughs> Andy, do you want to explain what this is? Yes. So we are trying to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So all three of us are going to rate the Golden Triangle from (laughs) 1 through 10 in six different categories. So let's do it. Uh, We'll start with you, Brian. Okay. Um, How, how, from 1 to 10, how exciting do you feel like this episode was? Uh, I guess, I don't know, six. Okay. The helicopter really pushed it over for me. Great. What about you, Annie? Um, I gave it a five. I, I was not that excited, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a six too because I think it was more exciting for me than last week's. Um, oh. mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brian, on a scale of one to ten, what uh, acting and writing? We're lumping those together. Oh, <laughs> what do you think the acting uh, writing? Is uh, uh, like one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah, uh, I, I support that. Okay, <laughs> I am saying three. Three. Uh, I think I'll go with a three as well. I really do enjoy Richard Dean Anderson's popping around the corner face when he's sneaking around. It's very believable to me. I love that. Uh, uh, what about one to 10, Brian, sheer innovation, like the innovation of his inventions oh, throughout the course of the episode. I think, it, I mean, for the gun trees, that's like a 10. I've never seen that ever. <laughs> I've like never seen trees. that ever. Do you think that's what it said in the script? Gun tree gag? I, I don't know, but it was, it was, that was amazing to me. Think about how fun that would be though. <laughs> No, I mean, to sit around and think of these things, like, and name them. Like, if you're a writer on the show, you're just like, oh, gun tree gag. Cool. Let's use this one in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) They just, they just pick out three words out of a basket. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's written by a college improv team. That's how it works. Just 50 monkeys in a room. Um, So do you want to give that 10 for that, Brian? Uh, Yeah, I'll give it a 10. (laughs) Great. What about you, Annie? I will not be giving it a 10. <laughs> I, I'm going to say six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go eight because I really did. There's a lot of them. There's a cl- clear. True. Uh, um, what about, okay, this is, uh, this is a thing we see in a lot of MacGyver episodes. The feel good message of the episode. Is there one of those? And if so, one to 10, how would you rate it? I, I don't know. I, what was the message? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, get... I mean, if there's a message, it's not a great one. Uh, sure. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I don't know one. I don't know. I, I can't remember it, so it can't be that memorable, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to lo- go low as well. I'm going to say two. I think what they think the message is right. is probably like you can get yourself out of any situation. Right. It's sort of like a self-reliance right. thing they were going for. But I think that translates to this like very problematic like colonialism yes. and yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, no. I, I, and I respect that this category doesn't cover all of the, those nuances. Correct. So I'm going to give it a two as well. Uh, um, Brian, what about its 80s cool factor? What would you say on a scale of one to ten? Oh, ten God. being, you know, the coolest 80s. <laughs> thing I think of. 
<laughs> I, I oh man, I, I I'm not from the '80s. I guess uh, ugh, I don't know. It's three. It was it was nost- I felt the nostalgia of like what it was like, you know, back okay. then. Maybe three. Cool. It's a, it's just history for you. Yeah. <laughs> Andy? I'm going a little higher on this one. I'm yeah. gonna go seven. Um, the headband did it for me. Yeah, I, I was into the headband, tank top, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, you don't give it a ten unless you see sunglasses. So correct. All right, I'll give it a six. Uh, what about uh, Brian? One through ten. How does it hold up now? Well, I guess it's it's funny because I think I, I'm gonna say four because it, it's problematic, but I think it was interesting to see how the progression of, you know, like representation and just storytelling in general. So I think it's, it was interesting to watch that. So I was somewhat grateful. Like you could still follow it it and it was still. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and it's interesting to see like, like, I guess to someone mentioned earlier, like a casting call of like Asian actors. And I think to do it today, it might be different. So it was just cool to see, like, I think that was why I kind of appreciate it. Okay. So you appreciated how terrible it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you have to know, right. You have to see where you, you've been, right. So totally. I'd say of three or four, whatever I said, three or four, whatever. Four? Great. It's, yeah. What about you, Annie? I, I say three for how does it hold up? I do not yeah. think it holds up. Um, but I would like to see someone trip and fall on a <laughs> yeah. sword again. So yes. Hollywood, I'll be watching for that. Maybe that's in the next Fast and Furious. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go pretty low on this one. I'm going to go like two. I think there's some exciting stuff in here, but it just, the problematic parts of it just kill everything for me. Okay. Um, so here, are, uh, quick binary ones, either this is true or it isn't. And if it's true, it gets 10 points. And if it's not, it gets nothing. Uh, does he help out an old friend in this episode? He does not. Right. No. Nope. Uh, does it, does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? <laughs> no. no. Uh, is there a dream sequence? No, I think that part in the beach a little bit, but not really. No. Uh, and is he ever left alone in a locked room? Nobody is tied up. He's tied up. Or do we need to change this to reflect the tied up thing? I'm going to say it should be, is he detained? You know? Great. Great. So we'll do, we'll do a 10 here because he is detained. Uh, so <laughs> well, detained against his will. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, uh, thank you both. So um, that, that is <laughs> classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total of 220 possible points, this episode receives... 88 points, making it behind the pilot, which has 95 points, the second best or worst episode <laughs> of MacGyver yet so far. Oh Just goodness. wait till we have a critical mass on this and we can actually figure this out. Um, I think that's it. Annie, any final thoughts on this episode before we get going? <laughs> I mean, let's. I am thankful for that headband scene. Otherwise, this would have been a hard watch for me. Um, <laughs> so let's onward to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> onward, onward. Uh, Brian, anything you uh, that stuck with you that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, uh, not really. I, I guess the, like I was confused as to why they called it the Golden Triangle, but that was that's my mm. only comment. Um, so it's the border of Thailand, Laos, and Myanmar, formerly oh. known as Burma, which mm. is known as the Golden Triangle. Okay. Um, huh. So that's an actual thing. It's not that's just an actual up for thing. Episode. Oh wow! Okay, interesting. Okay, so that's like something they got right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, they represented it very poorly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it is one of the largest opium producing areas of the world starting in about the 1950s. So that was okay. Oh, okay. generally based on something. Interesting. I would love to just 
put this episode on a split screen with some footage of an actual opium operation in <laughs> yes. that area, just for contrast. Oh, no. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, please subscribe and rate and review. We're new here, so uh, uh, give us some love. If you want to watch old episodes of MacGyver along with us, they are available on CBS All Access. Um, you can watch on Amazon Prime with a CBS account, or you can just buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Uh, next time, we'll be breaking down Season 1, Episode 3, Thief of Budapest. Can't Ooh. wait to see what they have to say about that area of the world. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are, are the adventures of, of life. life. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.